What's going on, guys? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. This is the motherfucking Fight Club, and we're talking UFC Fight Night this week. We got the tough finale. We got UFC Santos versus Hill, Vince Luque versus Geoff Neal. So we got a fucking low-key nice little main card to talk about with y'all. And I got my shot poured up right here. I'm Paul Pickham, winning Concha, and I'm joined with... Hey, man, your boy Kev, itchy for some more, motherfucker. I've been scratching my shit like a motherfucker. You want to know why? Because my dog's finna fade. And it's going to be the boys from the Ultimate Fighter. And if you've been watching that, it'll be a week to week. Like me, even though I low-key fell off and didn't watch the last episode. It's straight. Don't blame you. It's straight. Because once I found out my dog Uzman was going to the finals, I was like, that's all I needed to know. But, um. This has been cool. Like, this is kind of cool because, like, I really sat down and I got to know these dudes, even though, like, it was pretty mid of the season. But, like, I still got to, I really got to learn about these individuals. So it's kind of cool watching the fight and shit. No, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that to the fact that I did my own homework. As anyone who follows this channel knows, I'm an MMA junkie. I'm just all, I'm a nerd in some things when it comes to stats and stuff. So I did my own homework. But I also know and I understand when I'm outclassed by some of my peers. So I'm handing the show over to that boy Kev right now. And Kev's Kev's gonna do the, the tough finale because I didn't watch the show. That boy did. That boy went through the weekly journey with these fighters. He knows where they struggled and where they got better. So here you are, Kev. Take over, put the big boy pants on. No, Sam. No, Sam. But there's gonna be a great um two fights. The finale was nice. I think the whole season was good. If Team Pena showing up, Team Pena's three out of the four were all on Team Pena, both the heavyweights and um Juliana Miller. Who is uh the one newness fighter? Brogan Walker. Okay, okay. I'm not gonna lie, Nunez, if Eduardo and Usman was close, that was a very close fight because Usman fought two really close fights. He beat two of um Nunez Nunez fighters. Zach Quaga had to actually beat one of who them. Was the- who was the Usman fight? Because I know the one Usman fight that I know of is when Homeboy was talking shit to Usman and then Usman dropped him. But then Homeboy still did his own damage, but he was just talking so much shit throughout the fight that they feel like the judges way towards Usman. Nah, so definitely that was a close fight. That was against Mitchell Cipe. And I guess he was talking all that shit because they were supposed to fight in the past. But Usman pulled out and ended up fighting three or four weeks later. Okay. And, you know, that's a big deal at the um, regional circuit because you kind of got to pay a lot of that out of pocket. Yeah. So, and he just kept bringing up. But Usman was just like, I don't know if you know this guy. I don't even know. Like, who is this man? Like, And then, like, don't get me wrong. They don't really talk like that because they, they're like, they've been American phones, like, for most of their lives. But he's just like, I don't even know this guy, bro. And then motherfucking... And bro just kept snapping about this shit. Like, man, fuck you, bro. You a bitch, homie. I ain't scared of you. So me as a gangster, I seen that shit like, okay, he's trying to hype himself up because he's scared of that last name. You feel me? So, like, it was a close fight. It could have went either way. I thought Uzma won. But I wouldn't have been surprised if they had gave that bitch to Cipe. You could have said it was because he was talking shit. But eh. but the dude Zach Quagra had to beat to get there was pretty nice. He was also a Team Pena fighter. He was just this big Thor-looking Goliath motherfucker. Like, that dude should cut down to 205, in my opinion. But I think he weighs, like, 240 or something like that. 220 or 240. But yeah, that's, he's a big boy. 
took him down. I don't think he submitted him. I think he um, TKO'd him. But took him down, did whatever he wanted to do to Brett. But Brett's a big, burly Goliath motherfucker. Like, he really came through, can really well, sleep. Well, I mean, I know that the Usman versus Tiger fight is after the women's fight, but we've already talked so much on both the fighters. Let's just let's, let's ride this fight, and then we'll talk the women's fight next. Oh, say less. So, yeah. So it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good um fight between the two. I think Zach the difference is that Zach Parker is the ex NFL NFL player. So oh, was he? Yeah, I know I know Usman played like college at Arizona defensive end, but I didn't know uh Paga was an NFL player. It's kind of so, wrong. Yeah, Paga is the ex NFL player. So his thing is that he learned how to fight in the ring. It's not like he it's not like he had he has um uh, extensive background in Brazilian BJJ or anything like that. No, he's a heavyweight, and they taught him how to fight in the octagon. That's where he learned his. That's where he got his licks at. So, the way he approaches the game is different. He's an all-around fighter. He can do everything decent, and um, he has some heavy hands. Usman, on the other hand, he can wrestle. He can wrestle a little bit, but he's he just has a lot of close fights. So like, I'm this in this situation. I I like Zach Quagga over Usman. I'm a pick Usman because you know what I'm saying I got to rock for my dog. But Quagga is a beast, and he had to take out some really good dudes to get here. I will say on the odds, Usman is plus two hundred, which is like a pretty big underdog. Minus two forty for Pogba. My little notes because I did do my own little research was that Pogba. It was a light, was a light heavyweight, and then he moved up to heavyweight. So he is already a smaller heavyweight. Two twenty five is usually where he floats around. Usman was a big ass heavyweight, and he kind of slendered down as the Ultimate Fighter went on, and he kind of floats around two fifty. Like he's gonna be the bigger dude when they get into the ring. And I, I think both of them. Like you said, I didn't know Pogba had an NFL background, but it kind of makes sense now. I think both of them fight. As like, you ever had like your your football buddy play basketball with you, and like athletically he could keep up, but like he was doing shit that didn't like. So like that's how I compared them. Like they they both are athletic freaks for their respective people. They I mean they made it this far in UFC, so they're athletic freaks, no matter how you want to put it. But the technical skill is like their technical skill is around somebody who's like 20, 25 years old. They're kind of learning on the fly, which is fun. I think this fight will be fun for that reason because both of them have heavy hands. Both of them are going to be banging. But one's like 33, and I think the other's like 34. Ultimate fighter is to find, like, new talent. So, like, you're having the championship. Like, how far are these two fighters really going to go in heavyweight? Not too far. So like that's like when I told you before the call and everything was like I got some things to talk about Ultimate Fighter was just like these two plus a Walker who's a dog in her own right, she's like thirty four years old thirty three she's older her like how far are these women and fighter like if this was to bring new talent like Contender Series is fun because we get nothing but fights and no reality TV show with it we're straight up fading and you have one day to prove why you're here. And it's usually a younger talent, whereas these ultimate, I think the reason why ultimate fighters get into hate it does is because you're bringing in talent 
but is this talent really worth mentioning at this point? And like, it's not selling anymore. The reality show at one point did sell. Now I don't think it sells the way it did. So like, I see why people hate on it. I'm still giving my pick and I'm giving Pogba. I think he's just the better all around fighter. I think Usman is just bigger dude, but Pogba has more of the skill set to do more all around things. But y'all both in your mid thirties. This is usually around the time where we see UFC fighters on their way out. So I just think the ultimate fighter is just so cool to me because you never know who you're sitting next to. So like, you didn't know that Vincente Luque, Vincente Luque and um Kamar Usman are gonna go on to have these great like yeah. You don't know that Nate Diaz this this loud this old motherfucker that um it's gonna beat the shit out of you for writing um my team um my team sucks on the fucking um wall on the wall is gonna be the dude that's really about that. Yeah, like it's the dude that's gonna sell out fucking arenas with Conor McGregor. Like you just don't know who these people are next to you. Like you don't know that Juliana Pena is the person that just beat the shit out of you. Like this this girl this nice. this girl this girl this girl is walking to the ring like head down. But I think the, 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 the big argument people have from like newer perspective is like that hasn't been a case in the past like five years with Ultimate Fighters. That's facts. And like, you can tell, like, it's, I feel like they're, they're just busy right now. Like, the UFC, they're just really busy. They're finding, because back then, this was the way they found their best, um, they found their best talent. Now, like, you, every Tuesday, you're fighting, you're showing new people. Yeah, they're rolling in the money right now. They don't got, <laughs> yeah, I think they're busy. Like, it's season three, and they're trying new shit, because like, this is half boys, half girls. Like, they just, this is fun, which was, I would say was fun as a business. I mean, not really, because, like, the reality shit kind of sucked. But um, the fighting shit was cool, too. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> but, um, so, are, are we both Pogba here on the Usman Pogba pick? Nah, I think Pogba's going to win, but I'm picking Usman because, you know, I rock with my – I got to rock with my familia. Okay, okay. And uh, before we move on, we got to make it quick, though. I'm, gonna just, I'm not even going to answer. I'm going to just give it to you. If Usman and Pogba wins, how are they making the heavyweight rankings? Are they beating like a like I did okay, okay. That that's okay. We don't even so to, to, to the non-listeners, Kev shook his head no quick as fuck. Here's my thing, right? So Kamaru Usman, he he done we can't he was 32 when he won that shit. He's so, old, low key. He's 35 for a champ. Like I'm not calling him old, but like 35 for a champ is pretty. Like, now he talks about how he's on motherfucking like he can't do the same. He has to he has to train different. That's why like we haven't seen him fight. Like he has to like really. It's not the same. He has to do everything a lot smarter now. Like Jordan in the last dance. Yeah, it's fact. But but um, so the age isn't the thing to me. It's just that division is already pretty deep. So if you're not coming in to learn and get better and learn new tricks, there's already a young Tom Aspinall. There's already there's already old motherfuckers in that bitch. Like. Oleski, Vanderay, uh, Shamil, Pipe, like motherfucking, there's still old, there's still people in that division. So like, you don't have time to wait for that division to clear out. And I don't think they come in with the mindset that they're gonna go to war, like 
like a Uzman, like an Oliveira, like they're not gonna go to war to take over that division with all these motherfucking names. So I think they went back down to light heavyweight, that'd be different. He's but he's a big boy though. He's he had to came down to make heavyweight because he was already pushing 300. But I will say, because I, I didn't say I want to make it anything, but I will say one thing before we move to the women's fight here, before because Marcus is uh getting ready to call in for our co-main event. Uz, uh, Uzman, previous champions bloodline get into the UFC no problem. So if the UFC is looking at this Uzman and he has to fight his way through the ultimate fighter, I think that might say something. And I'm honestly, this is something coming from a different podcast that I heard before and I never heard anyone say this. And I was like, that makes sense because every other former champion, if you're related to them, you get into UFC like that. So the fact that they made him go through the ultimate fighter, fight his way, and now he's here, maybe they don't even believe in the fact that like, he could constantly be a, a real contender and anything. So that made me also lean toward Pogba. But that was a, a, the Fight Night Picks was the podcast I heard that said that, and that was all. Oh, yeah, that, I was like, damn, like that was a that was a good take. Like I never heard anyone say that, so I do have to shout him out on that, and it did kind of help me lean my way. That's crazy. I actually was just I actually found them boys today, and I was like, this is a pretty good podcast. But like that shit was long. They breakdowns is deep, and I was like, okay, I understand the difference between you and me. Y'all don't do this shit. So y'all don't do this shit high. No, nah, but them boys, I listen to them every every week. Those are my guys. Those are my some people I like to listen yeah, I, to. I fuck with them. I gotta start tapping them So let, let's talk this motherfucking tough finale flyweight women's motherfucking mouthful here. We got Brogan Walker versus Julian Miller. We got the old vet Walker who fought in Invicta before, has been former UFC fighters like um Miranda Maverick. Miller, a lot younger. She's in her 23, 24. She's young. She's big. She's 5'7", 5'8". Like, like Walker's 5'4". And 5'3", five, 5'4", five, five, is what the division's normal size is. Miller's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, she's a big woman. She's tall as hell. She's got the weight to back her up. She's got nice BJJ. But on Ultimate Fighter, what did you see out of these women? I mean, the people that Broken Walker beat was pretty good. The um, what team both, were these women on? Were they both Pena? Were they both or one? No, Broken Walker was Team Nunez, and then Miller was on Team Pena. So okay. it's sad that it's sad that Pena is not probably not. If Pena's gonna be there, but she's not gonna have the belt no more. You'll be like, oh man, coach, don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on for you, and like. That's what made this season kind of different too. Like we never had that happen before. So I think um Brogan Walker, she beat two really good. I can't remember who she beat the first time. She beat um they're both number two picks, they're both second picks. But um Brogan Walker beat um I can't remember who the first person was, but she beat the alternate. So there's um there was a there was this girl, Chantel Coates, I think her name was. She um she was she just had a she just had a miscarriage before she got the call for the ultimate fighter. So she came anyways, but she was like 20 pounds overweight. So there's no way in the hell she was making the weight cut. So she got sent home and they brought in this new person called Lori Garaldo. I definitely said her name terribly. 
And Geraldo then, is the I think I see her name now. And I, I I back you up on that. Geraldo. So like, and I, I thought Geraldo was gonna come in and she was gonna be the one in the finals, but she got beat by Brogan Walker. Because Brogan Walker, she's tough. She's gonna keep walking forward. She strikes. She's a strong striker. So I didn't see too much from her from a ground game, but just she continues to um straight and puts keep that pressure on her. Juliana Miller was cool though. I can't remember exactly who she beat, but I just remember they weren't easy wins. And she was able to do some stuff on the floor. So um in this fight, I take Brogan Walker just because she I would take Brogan Walker just because I feel like she's just a little bit better. She's just a little bit more experienced. Well, not a little bit, she's way more experienced and she's um a little bit more relentless. And her last fight could have they could have did a third um a third round, but she ended up winning 2-0. But it was, it was uh, it could have went either way type shit. So like uh I think Brogan Walker might be the better fighter, but I'm taking my dog Julian Amelia because it's team Kenya man. Fuck what you heard. I'm kind of upset because I'm picking Julian Miller too. And I thought the way you were hyping up Walker, I thought you were definitely going with her, and I thought we we're gonna be split on the picks. But I'm rocking with Julian Miller. Solely, there's a couple of reasons. One, she has the BJJ. I always rock with the person who can go to the floor and submit the person. Two, she's a lot younger fighter at this point in her career. Like, I know that don't help her because she might have the inexperience, but like, as a, a I want to see young fighters coming out tough because then you have an opportunity to really grow and do stuff. So, like, I want to see her win this tough finale. I want to see her go on and do stuff in the division. She has the BJJ. She doesn't have the striking to back it up, really, but she, Kobe Covington doesn't either. But you can learn that. You, you, can, you can build. If you're great on the ground, you can build upon that. Striking doesn't take as much as a, a, a tried and true lesson as BJJ does. So, like, it can be, it can be trained. Walker, Bryce, Bryce Mitchell, man. Facts like Bryce Mitchell rock as in Barbosa. Why? Because he was scared of the takedown. And if Julian and like Miller can be that type of woman fighter, like she can really has a takedown for it. And she's young, she can learn. And another reason is also, I just think like I won't say Walker had the easier route, but the fill in fighter in the last minute, all that stuff, it does make me think like rethink her route versus Miller who didn't have to worry about filling fire and all this. So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take the younger fighter here. She opened as an underdog and as the bets came in, she's closing as the favorite. And that kind of tells me also experienced betters know what they talk about. Like they, they a lot of people came in like oh Miller's the underdog. Let me ride that underdog. So yeah let, let let me ride on the dog with let me let me go with Miller with you, my boy. I can't remember exactly right, but one story about some funny shit about this that almost didn't make me pick Miller was that she was coming downstairs one day and the girl um and somebody from the opposite team was like, I will, can I have a hug? And she was like, and she just walked off on her stupid ass, right? So they brought it up later while they were sitting down. And she was like, um, what did she say? She was like, hey, look, she was trying to play mind games. She called her out for it. She was trying to play mind games and asked me for a hug. I'm too smart for that. No, no, no. 
And then I want to say Juliana Miller kind of broke down a little bit. I don't want to say she cried, but she might have cried. It was just like, I just wanted a hug because like my grandma says the nicest thing you could ever do to somebody is hug. And I was just sitting there like, this is where this is where I tune out. No, that's I'm, where, I'm happy I didn't watch the ultimate fire for that reason right there. So like that's when I was like, because that was low-key one of the most there's a lot of emotion in this fight. In this season, but it was mostly niggas crying about their past. Like Usman, Usman, I want to say his daughter passed away. So like he um and I like the age of two or something like that. So that was like a main staple. Like he cried at the end of one of his first fight and stuff like that. So like, but that was kind of the emotion. There was no like, hey man, fuck you, fuck you, nah, fuck you, nah, fuck you, and your team. It was none of that. No, Except, I, I, I kind of see it. <laughs> Except when um, that nigga the CPA was talking shit to Uzman. That was the only time. But that shit looked like the nigga was just scared of Nene. He was just talking. No, but I can see I can see why the ultimate finale, uh, the tough people kind of been falling out with this season. I think this ultimate, I mean, I both of these fights, the odds will tell you, like, maybe not the Uzman Pogba fight. A lot of people are betting Pogba, but. These are not super, super favorites by any means. So both of these fights, and if you know anything about heavyweights, especially unranked heavyweights, anything can happen. Those are four-ounce gloves. It just takes one clip of the chin for any of them boys to knock your lights out. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, oh, so perfect timing. That boy Marcus right now is calling us. He's finna tune in. We got the co-main event, Luke versus Geoff Neal and Tiago Santos versus Jamil Hill. That boy Marcus finna help us pick, make our picks for the decisions. So that boy Marcus just joined me and Kev for the co-main and main event of this UFC Apex event. We got Vince, Vince Luque versus Geoff Neal for the co-main event. We got the fucking wild. That boy, Vince Luque is a wild fire fight. Like, he loves getting into fucking fun-ass exchanges. And Geoff Neal got the heavy hands. Pure boxer. So Marcus may know a thing or two about them. And he knows how to get a finish once you're hurt. But so this should be a fun fight. Both stand-up fighters, one pure boxer, one is a, a background kickbox karate type dude. Damn. One's ranked like fifth in the division of welterweight and one's 13th. So we got two ranked welterweights here. How y'all feeling? Yeah, I know what I'm leaning on. Boy, I'm sliding with that pure boxer. You said he got him hurt. He knows what to do. That's what I like to hear. That boy got the dog in him. Geoff Neal, a nickname Hands of Steel for a reason. Only, only complaint that people have with him is he's very reserved. But in boxing senses, you would understand, Mark, like you don't need to throw 100 shots around to do damage. If you can pick your shots right, you could, you could do your damage. And that's yeah, what he does. At, look at Canelo. That boy is a precision puncher. Boy, he, he's not throwing a million punches, but when he throws – and you know, they yeah. did. How you feeling? Because we covered Vince Luque before, and boy, was an uncrowned king of an uncrowned king of welterweight before Belil Muhammad ran through him, wrestled him all five rounds, and just destroyed him. But still, legitimate dude. 
bro, if you don't like Vincente Luque, bro, you disgust me. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of you if you're not a fan of Vincente Luque. I've been fucking with he was on season 21 of um the ultimate fighter with um tough with all the black zillions and Kamaru Usman and them. Like Luque is a phenomenal fighter, he's a great showman. He just comes in ready to fade and fight fight. You shouldn't do that with Bilal Muhammad. That's not somebody you should do that with. But bro is nice with it. I fuck with bro the long way. So I just want to see what's up with Kendi's because Vincente Luque is gonna go in that bitch ready to fight. He can get, you can get on the ground. You can definitely, um, you can definitely like mix it up a little bit. But motherfucking, and Bilal Muhammad is not a bad loss. But this Gary Neal dude is supposed to be a new young dude. Is he new and young? No, he's kind of older, but he's always been in, like, the 10 to 15 range. Like, he's kind of moved up a little bit, but then he got knocked down a little bit along the way and moved back, you know. But he's always been a ranked, solid dude. Yeah, I fuck, I fuck, with, I fuck with Vicente too happy to go against him. But I would love to see what this Gary Neal dude is about. Because we haven't covered him yet, have we? No, G off Neal, G off Neal. But, you know, oh. we haven't covered him yet. But... I, I like how you brought up Luke. He does have good ground game, only offensive though, because Baloo Muhammad wrestled him for five rounds, destroyed him. We noticed he can't do stuff off his back, but offensively, he's gotten like six or seven submissions in UFC. That boy has gone on a four win streak, got a loss. This is all UFC. Four win streak, got a loss. Six win streak, caught a loss. Four win streak, caught a loss. He's 14 and four in the UFC. That boy's legit. He knocked out y'all boy Jalen Turner, who's like 6'5 lightweight, knocked him out in the first round, knocked out our guy Brian Barbarina, who we know's got a chin, knocked him out. He submitted Tyron Ridley in the first round, submitted Michael Chiesa, who's a phenomenal wrestler, in like the second or third round. So, like this loss to Balu Muhammad, I don't knock it against him. Balu Muhammad can out wrestle 95% of the division. So Give me Vince Luque here. Me and Kev, I think, are on the right side on this pick. Vincente Luque is that dude, man. He's, he low-key was supposed to fight in the finale that Kamaru Usman won. Because it was supposed to be a rematch between him and Haider Hassan. But the um rest in peace, the um the ball dude, I always forget his name, the black zillion coach. He's kind of snaked everybody. Everybody Ali Abzura. Nah, the white dude. Oh, never mind, never mind. He was the black Zillion. I can't remember his name. Kobe Covington tried his ass. But um, rest in peace, bro. But he snaked everybody because everybody voted Vincente. He said Kamaru anyways. And you know, Kamaru ended up becoming pound for pound best fighter in the world. So man, hey, he saw something that no other niggas didn't. But And before we move on to the main event, I will say Vince Luque knocked out Belil Muhammad in the first round earlier on in their careers on the UFC. So like, it's not like Belil Muhammad dominated him and it's 1-0. It's like, no, he just tied it up 1-1. One one. It just happened recently. But let's, let's, lead into this, let's lead into this main event. We have Tiago Santos, the hammer of light heavyweight, 22-10, and 10, fucking probably going into the Hall of Fame versus Jamil Jamil Hill, 10 and 1. Jamil Hill is a minus 300 favorite here. These are both dudes who stand and bang. These are fucking. Tiago Santos has been the epitome of stand and bang for the past five, seven years. And Jamil Hill is just 
a new guy on the block, 6'4", massive for light heavyweight. He's like Alex Pereira size. Like when they talk about Pereira's big for light heavyweight for when he fights Izzy, that's Jamil Hill. Jamil Hill's 6'4", 205 pounds. But when he steps in that uh, cage, he's size of like a heavyweight. He is imposing on anybody. And he throws seven – he lands seven significant strikes per minute versus Thiago Santos, who we know is a UFC legend at for standing banging, 3.77. So that just show you how Jamal Hill has this role. He's Sergey Pavlovich of light heavyweight. He has just been rolling through dudes. His one loss is when he's like, oh, Paul Craig is on his back. Let's go – let's chase Paul Craig on the mat. And then Paul Craig is like, hey, motherfucker, like, <laughs> you fucked up. Like, I just submitted you. You don't ever face me on the on the mat. So Jamil Hill is a fucking bull, fucking semi-truck hands versus Tiago Santos, who's been known to have semi-truck hands for the past five years for a main event. It don't get much funner than this. Let me hear y'all's thoughts. I just want to know my first thought is, Paul, you ain't shit. I wanted to make a Paul Craig joke. <laughs> you beat me to it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm bad. My bad. Oh, so I'm like, oh yeah, he's not even gonna bring up Paul Craig. I got the Paul Craig joke. Damn you, Paul! I worked on that. You all know day. I'm a big Paul Craig fan. I know. Oh, I was like, damn, he submitted Mel Hill. But I man. First off, Tiago Santos is a legend to me. He, I actually, my first ever card time I watched the UFC card. I want to say it was him versus John Jones in a co-made event with Cyborg beating the shit out of somebody. And then that was the same card, Mazdaval. Mazdaval need Ben Askren because I remember waking up to see the great like, card. Yeah, so motherfucker, that was one. That's the part. That's the card that put me on UFC. So he's always gonna be a legendary me. Because I remember the first time I seen the, I watched it one hundred percent because I was like, oh, John Jones is fighting. But I was like, whoa, who the fuck is this big ass motherfucker right here with this hammer on his fucking on his whole fucking torso? Diago Santos is big for light heavyweight. But then Jamel Hill walks in. He's just kind of like, you thought you were big, huh? <laughs> but, that, but that was the thing, you feel me? I'm a, I was, I didn't know about Jamel Hill until I watched DC and RC this morning. I'm like, oh, bro, understood why he lost to Paul Craig. You not don't need to be, you need to stay what you do, be confident and do what you do. And bro's really just here to head hunting right now. He's trying to take names because this division is still wide open, and it's a, and it's becoming a more and more funner division on a daily basis. Cause like they're 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 figuring it out. Everybody's really close and um close and um skill over here. So like, I like this to be a nice standing bang. I like Jamil Hill to really just sit down and overpower, bro. Overwhelm, stay time his shots well, keep good combinations, and trying to mix it up a little bit. But he's not going to get out of his comfort zone. And as long as he still does that, I don't see nobody beating him for a while in this division. How about you, Mark? How do you feel about this standing bang battle between the big boys of the light heavyweight? <laughs> I'm trying to see a fucking war. You think it's it's going longer than the first round? Is it like one of those? I could. This it's a fight where I I am personally not taking a bet on anything. Like I usually bet on oh fight going past one and a half. I am not touching those bets on this fight because somebody could get clipped in the first sixty seconds. Well, shit. Well, I mean. I want to see some shit like that for a little bit. I'm, I want to see a little first round KO, but I'm leaning on the big boy. So is it more like a the young up and coming guy facing the vet? Is it like that type? 
It's a hundred percent that type, but I will say Tiago Santos has been the 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 standard of light heavyweight. Like he is tried and tested. He's beaten top guys. He's uh, faced prospects to beat him. He's been around forever. Jamil Hill's ten and one, and he was a super hype train coming into the uh, UFC. Paul Craig kind of knocked him off that hype train, but if he never had that loss to Paul Craig, he he would be on this moment of like ten and zero. Holy shit, Jamil Hill versus Tiago Santos. But like that one loss kind of slowed him down a little bit, and I think this is his comeback. But this is this is the closest thing I think you get to like a heavyweight banger fight like how we talk Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich this is the closest thing to that at light heavyweight you're just gonna have neither one is gonna shoot a takedown like yeah. like Tiago Santos in his like 20 fight UFC career averages 0.5 takedown averages a fight and he has plenty five round fight that like he doesn't ever shoot a takedown Jamel Hill has never shot a takedown in UFC. So, like, this is going to be a fun, lightweight. Who has the heavier? It's only, like, prides on the line. Like, when you saw Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuivasa, prides on the line, that's this in light heavyweight package. Bro, I think that's so insane to just sit down and be like, never not for a takedown. Like, these bigger weights be killing me. Like, is or out of Fade. Like, these, these people just sit there like, yo, I came here to fade. That's fucking it. Like, I have still nothing but respect for them. So, are we are we all rock? I'm rocking Jamil Hill. Cad's rocking Jamil Hill. Are you rocking the bigger boy? Because he's big for this heavyweight. Are you rocking the tried and tested? The person who's been in light heavyweight for a minute and has knocked out plenty of his people, but he has also seen his own surgeries. He's seen his own battle wars. He's seen you know he's seen that before. Well, who who you going with, Mark, before before we close out here this episode? I'm probably going to rock with hell for I want to see the young guy, you know, come out on top. But, shit, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the old vet comes out on, you know, gets a nice little clip. Man, that would be crazy. We, we talked we talk Mega Man and Kalia versus Anthony Smith in our recap for the Peña Nunez card. Right. And we talked about how great Mega Man and Kaliev is on the stand-up. And Tiago Santos' last fight was a loss to Mega Man and Kaliev, but he knocked him down in the second round with a heavy clip. Damn. So, it's it, it's all up in the air. Uh, I think this shit's going to be fine. But, hey, look, I will say this, right? I was watching DC and RC, and um, Jamil Hill was getting interviewed. And RC asked, what are those two thumbs up, like, for your on your chest? Like, what's up with that? And I guess it's some hood shit, but this motherfucking dog, he's, he played that bitch off so smooth. He's like, yo, I'm an ESPN. I got, I'm not going for it. He was like, it's just some stuff from my neighborhood. I'm from um something, something, or something, something. So I'm like somewhere in Detroit or Michigan. So like motherfucking, he was like, he was like, yeah, but next question. Like, he straight up bitch off okay, crazy. I, I feel a hundred times better if I know I'm pulling up to a gang fade with Jamel Hill. No cap. <laughs> I know when I got a 6'4", 225 next to me, knocking motherfuckers out. Facts. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Marcus. I know we've been having a busy-ass week. We talked recasts. We talked picks. This has been the Apex Edition UFC Fight Night Santos versus Hill. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know, motherfuckers.
Got a problem with being problematic Get the light beam on me ready for electrostatic Don't you step into this box if you're not batting Then my gang got tools, you can call them boy crap Man, this gang got rules, man, you better watch your past Since this ain't not new The medicines We've been on that rockstar regiment, Knowing that I'm heaven sent Higher than I ever been I got a problem with